0: Did I interest you in a stamp?
1: Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple. One. Oh, I'm sorry, we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one.
0: Person hasn't got
1: any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you got to buy.
2: from the Prop Master's Office at Wrigley Field, this is the award-winning stamp show Here Today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a non-profit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership, and you get a really cool membership certificate. Listen to the end credits for information non-joining. This is Cash.
3: This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Jim.
2: And uh, Jerry Schwartz today at lunch gave us a letter that he got from a person. He He's a seller on eBay. He sells under Crossfire Stamps. He bought a stamp from Steve M. And uh, I always give the last initial if they don't give us permission to use their names. But anyway, he wrote... Uh, Do you listen to Stamp Show here today? PSE in Vegas is a great company. And of course, he wrote back and said, yeah, I have lunch with him on Tuesdays. And Steve replied, awesome. Scott Murphy has been a huge help to me and I appreciate it very much. I promote PSE whenever possible. Oh, thank you very much for that. I listen to the podcast every week and have been to PSE a couple of times. Cash, Scott, etc. are also knowledgeable. Well, thank you for the compliment. And a few years ago, I went to the buffet and met a bunch of local dealers and collectors. We may have even met. I was with my son, Paul. Love collecting stamps and stamp collectors are so kind. I hope to go back to Vegas in the next year or so. Take care. Steve M. Uh, Thank you, Steve. Uh, Shout out to you and thank you for being a good listener and uh, just as a reminder to everybody, we do meet every uh, Tuesday at 1130 at the South Point Buffet and have a really good lunch with a lot of people. Uh, So, thank you very much for the note. Well, we're from Wrigley Field today because Mark brought something very interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, I uh, often uh, turn the TV on while I'm working on stamps just to uh, have something in the background and uh uh amazon uh has created a series called "The league of their own which is based on the movie um which i think was based on something else but um it was
1: based on the original league
0: oh yeah okay yeah so the uh so this new uh, this new version uh or, or their take on it uh um takes place around the same time 1943 and uh in the uh, in the show which i found completely unwatchable because it's uh, it's it's a hot mess of woke garbage but um there are two places in the in the um show where they uh they they show envelopes with stamps affixed uh in one scene um the uh, main character is riding a train and looking at an envelope that was mailed uh, by her husband uh in war um to her and it uh, it shows uh a couple of stamps. Actually, it shows a a um, postal stationery, um, which is the uh, six cent um, uh, biplane postal stationery, uh, and then it's also franked with a six cent uh, transport stamp. So the, the the stamps in the postal stationery are correct and from the era, except that the colors are wrong. Both of the both the stamp and the indicia are blue in the in the show. Uh, whereas the actual stamps are, are Carmen and uh, and Orange, and our good friend uh, Jim Forte uh, opined that it was probably because blue photographs better. Oh, but right. uh, but he identified the markings on the on the envelope, and they were they were uh, uh, very decent markings. Um, although the markings didn't tie the stamps to the envelope, um, but it was it was kind of cool to to see that. Um, and another scene uh, at a hotel. Um, the main character is writing a dear John letter to her husband, and brings the letter up to the um, uh, to the uh, uh, counter at the hotel to, to get it mailed, and it's franked with a stamp that uh, is completely uh, completely wrong. It's, it it shows an eight cent stamp, um, and it is uh, the the design of the stamp is from a forever stamp from uh, 2018, I believe. the the, <laughs> the flag uh, or the yeah flag uh, waving in the, in, in the wind time or travel. Something. Yeah, so um, so yeah, it, I, I, I. That's would, probably
2: I, why it had the extra five cents postage. Right, <laughs> it is for time travel.
0: Yeah, so that so the property master gets uh, gets uh, definitely a, a B plus to A minus on the, on the first one, but the uh, but the second envelope uh, gets an F minus.
2: Well, but, the first one though also it had a twelve cent rate, right? Which during a three cent or free because you're a vet. You know, if you're overseas, you can send the letter for free. But for some reason, this person sent it instead of sending it for free. Sent it for 12 cents.
0: Right, right. Which Jim said is possible if, because uh, typically it would be tw- it would be six cents um, if you had to pay for the postage. But if it was overweight, it might be 12 cents.
1: Yeah, but it also has a zip code. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. a zip code I don't, I don't
0: on it. I don't think zip codes existed right. in 1943. And, and it has a, a two-letter state abbreviation, which was not used in 1943. So, uh, so It also it, has a
2: return address that tells so you where he is. In Tunisia, of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. which, which is why which they is, used APO, so that nobody, nobody would know where, where they were.
3: They <laughs> the other thing is, is that you were being very generous on that A minus B plus on that. Uh, Airmail cover because, yeah, there's there's a lot wrong with it. All right, yeah, I there's
2: wouldn't. I wouldn't but it, it was a good attempt. Stuff. It was an attempt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A it poor had, attempt. It had,
0: it had franking and it, had, <laughs> it yeah. So I, I mean, it was it was uh, it, it was
1: it was a facsimile. Yeah. It
2: was an envelope. Right.
0: <laughs> <was a> and <laughs> only a
3: philatelist would have seen that flaw in the movie. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but the uh, but the letter that the main character was writing was just terrible. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That
3: that envelope.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, what did it say, or what?
1: Well, it I, just had the wrong stamp
3: on
0: it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah the, it was Oh, just, the it was forever stamp one. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and, to to and, and, show for a, a forever, you know, like stamp. Should have had another, stamp another and, six cent transport. Yeah. And, 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 it just it just completely takes you away from the. Uh, uh, you know, any any stamp person would would look at that and say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." You know? <laughs> so it it it, it totally uh, it so totally it, made the the rest of the show unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that
1: is
3: the Critics' Choice for the day.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: well, this is actually a part two we are doing today. And uh, we started last week, uh, so we may have some spoilers. If you haven't listened to last week, we may have a bunch of spoilers here. But uh, so let we started off with how to save money or to avoid problems when submitting stamps in for certificates. And uh, of course, we work at PSE here, but this applies to PS, PSAG, uh, APS, Apex. You know, it, pretty much everybody follows the same rules, and I'm going to guess that, you know, the the royal and the Australian royal and everybody, uh, this is just some ways to save money because certification, and I've said this a thousand times, so it doesn't hurt to say it one more. I believe that every stamp that you pay about $350 or more for that you should have some sort of expert opinion on to make sure that you're not getting ripped off. And sometimes you're the expert, not a problem, but sometimes you're not. You know, if you are a general U.S. collector and you pick a series, you know, you you buy a $5 Colombian, you look at it and it goes, well, it looks good to me. Well, sometimes that's not really a good way to do it because there are stamp doctors and stamp fakers out there who can uh, really rip you off pretty good. And we've talked about several times when we've seen thousands and thousands of dollars being paid for a stamp and then the stamp turning out to be fake in some way. And so, you know, my $350 uh, limit, you know, Raise it to whatever you want, but when you're paying twenty six hundred dollars for a stamp, which is an actual example, and the stamp turned out to have a removed cancel, rebacked, regummed, just a totally fake stamp, and you are out, you know, all of the money, and you could have saved yourself by pay- spending what seventy five dollars for a certificate. It's, uh, you're, t- you're gambling a lot of money for no good reason. So what are some things that we can do? That's why you should submit a stamp. Let's talk about when you shouldn't submit a stamp.
1: When it's an obvious counterfeit?
2: Well, if it was obvious counterfeit, um, <laughs> which reminds me of the cover that uh, Don was scanning. And Don couldn't make it today, but it was a picture, and it was a great-looking cover. It was, uh, um, what was it? It was number 12s, a strip of three number 12s on cover. And it was front and back, and I lifted it up. I picked it up because I wanted to take a closer look because it looked really cool. And as soon as I lifted it up, it felt like glossy paper. <laughs> And then I felt over the stamps, and, of course, it was all smooth. You didn't feel the bump of where a stamp was tucked to the paper. It was perfectly smooth. This was a really, really super good photograph. I mean, it really looked good. But as soon as you picked it up and felt it, you go, uh-oh. <laughs> wow.
1: Did
3: it have a back on it, too? Yeah, it had front and back. So it was made to deceive. Well, yeah.
1: Several years ago, um, another dealer and I went to look at what was allegedly going to be some Hawaiian missionaries in a collection. So I took out the first one and I said, "These have been cut out of auction catalogs. <laughs> they didn't have anything on the back, but they had they they had obviously been cut out and put in place." And I just said, "I said these have no chance." Well, I mean, just the feel of.
2: Uh, newspaper, or magazine paper sort of that glossy feel to it versus normal wove paper. I mean just by the touch of it you go this isn't
3: right. Well and the, uh, number 17 would have been engraved so you would have had that feel to the stamps also.
2: Yeah. Well but you would have felt something. Ridge, some there. kind of
3: a ridge thing.
2: But I mean you would have felt the edge of the stamp. Oh, true. Yeah. You, you, you couldn't feel anything. It was it was perfectly smooth. Um, wh- who who got the photographs that were reperforated? I shouldn't say reperforated. Who who got the photographs? Uh, that were perforated? I, Yeah, I
0: got uh, some Canadian stamps. I I typically don't uh, expertize Canadian stamps, but uh, but you know there are certain basics that you can that you can look at and say, okay, yeah, it has a thin or you know it's original gun, that kind of thing. So I got these stamps and uh, and felt them, and uh, they were perfectly smooth, and I thought. Hey, isn't this an engraved, you know, uh, issue? And uh, it turns out that they were they were photographs.
2: But yeah. these were perforated. They yeah. they, they actually
1: they, put in the extra effort. They were actually perforated and gummed. I got a, I had a fifteen and a twenty cent jubilee. It's part of a group that was submitted, and I just said, I laughed. <laughs> but somebody had regummed the stamp on the back.
2: Well, if, you, if you're trying to rip somebody off, you may as well go the extra, but not even mile. Go the extra, you know, hundred feet.
1: Yeah, but the design size was wrong also.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a... It's not difficult. Well, first of all, something that Mark pointed out, you know, expertizing Canadian stamps or something. At PSE, at PF, I wouldn't say at APS. APS is more for identification, but PSE, PF, and PSAG, probably half of the reason half the stamps that are sent in are sent in for condition. So it really doesn't matter if it's a stamp from French Antarctic Territories or United States. We're checking for regums, reperfs, thins, you know, tears. We're we're judging condition. That's about half the cert. So, uh, you know, every expert can do most of the world, if not all the world, from just that standpoint. And so that's one of the things that uh, you should do is before you submit a stamp, if you're submitting it for condition analysis, find out if it's got any faults to
1: it. There are many people who submit very, very well-centered stamps, but they haven't looked at them close enough. And perhaps one thing that you can do is, after you've put together a group of things that you want to submit, have a friend look at them closely and actually dip the stamps and see if they see anything. <laughs> because you can fool—it's yeah. very easy to fool yourself. Even even those of us in here sometimes are very upset because somebody sees a small thing that gets mentioned on a certificate and gets downgraded because of that. And sometimes what you what you see—also what you see at a stamp show you're buying, you don't see it under all the light. You know, so um, um, that's why normally when I buy something really expensive, I get a right of return with with the dealers. I say if this doesn't get a good, doesn't get a clean certificate, I'm going to return it to you, and I'm going to ask for the cost of the certificate back too.
2: Well, actually, since we mentioned Jerry Shorts earlier, I'll pile on some more. Um, he brought in a really, really super nice U.S. number 11, one of the uh, um, three rows. And why don't we talk about plating after? This, uh, what a three-row stamp is, but a uh, really really great position piece, really nice centering and everything, and he goes, I want to submit it, and I go, oh, let's check it. I turn it over, I dip it, you know, because we use runs and all, and immediately the back flashed this huge sort of U shape, and what it was is it had. It had a thin, it was a laminated thin. It was like a flap hmm. where the paper had flapped up and then somebody had like glued it down. So major, major, major fault. I'm I'm surprised that the stamp was even in one piece. But, you know, he didn't dip it. He didn't look at it. And if he had looked at it, it really you would have had to have dipped it because just looking at it, you see sort of like some faint lines on the back where the edges of the tear-thin whatever you want to call it is. But as soon as you dip it, it dries totally different because the paper is thinner. It has, like, air underneath it because it's detached from the other piece of paper, and it just dries totally different. As a matter of fact, Mark, why don't you talk about how to watch it dry for creases and wrinkles and stuff
0: yeah they, the faults like that um, what happens is that the the fluid evaporates faster in some areas than than in others if, if there's if the paper is completely sound uh, it will if uh, the 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 uh, fluid will evaporate at the same rate but uh, but as you watch the stamp and you see uh, lines appearing and so forth those are creases um, that uh, that that maybe they were it was creased at one time and then pressed out but the paper fibers are, are still disturbed and so those disturbed fibers uh, will dry faster than the surrounding fibers and so that's that's what you see it's called flashing
2: so that's one way to save money is every single stamp because you know here at PSE a modern commemorative is 10 bucks so, your minimum loss is going to be ten dollars, which you can avoid just by dipping the stamp. And what's a bottle of Ronsonol cost now? I mean, it's hard to get because of all the COVID stuff and everything. But
1: average the, the you can get when they have it, you can get uh, you can get the regular size for two dollars and twelve cents in Las Vegas, which includes tax at Walmart. Yeah. And you can get the larger bottle for $5.50 at Walgreens.
2: So we are absolutely not talking about anything which is expensive. You may have to work a little harder to get it. Walmart, eh, Walgreens. Uh, w- and the reason why I said Walmart, eh, is because Walmart tends to sell a lot. So they're sold out a lot. I've had much more luck at Walgreens. But if you go to any of the W stores... I guess you'll uh, have a better chance. And again, get get it in the yellow bottle. The white bottle has perfumes in it, and we don't know what those do to stamps.
0: Yeah, and, and oddly enough, smoke shops don't carry the yellow one, Ronson all that much. They carry, like, the Zippo brands and stuff like the that. The metal but, Zippo can. Yeah.
2: And Zippo and Ronson all are the same company, and I believe they use the exact same thing. But I don't know that for a fact. And I know that the yellow bottle Ronsonol works because people have been using it ever since, like, the 1930s. I don't know about the metal can Zippo. Um, so if anybody out there has used it, you know, send it on in. I'm going to guess that it's the same.
1: And the, at the end of the 19th century, a lot of people were using carbon tetrachloride, Oh, but, yeah. um, which all it does is eat give you kidney the like kidney or liver cancer so uh, and it
2: also isn't as good
1: and also but m- the most important thing is is that when you use watermark fluid you use it in a well ventilated area don't use it don't use it worse because even even napitha which is the agent in uh, ronsonol is not wonderful for you no
2: but the the problem with the uh, watermark fluid and you see this sold by subway and stuff actually it comes in a bottle and it says watermark fluid on it and it's first of all it's very expensive because you get like one fifth the amount for double the price but the second thing is it dries
0: too fast yeah
2: you want to see that slow dry so that you can see the faults.
0: Yeah, I have I have a, that a bottle of that clear stuff, and I, I use it every once in a while. But yeah, it the, it's tough to use because it uh, because it it's so quick to, to dry.
1: Well, the one reason you have to use that stuff is when you're doing something like a photogravure stamp. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can use Ronsonol on intaglio, in other words, on engraved stamps. But even some of the more recent American stamps, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I don't know if that's safe for every one of them. The more modern production stamps. Yep. And the other thing I would like to point out is this: we have many people who are trying to get very high grades on on relatively low catalog stamps that are used. Do yourself a favor: soak them in warm warm water with a, perhaps a little bit of uh, of a very gentle dish soap, like a drop of Dawn in it. And then uh, dry it carefully and then dip it again. Because when a certificate costs you, even if you're going to issue, if, if you're going to submit something that was issued before 1900, and even if it only catalogs 10 or $15, but you're trying to get a grade of 95 or 100, there's nothing that kills grade more than small faults. Yeah. Small tear, small crease, small perf crease. um uh, also uh, it has, since a lot of the people are submitting used stamps, don't, don't submit things that, that, that may be very well centered, but the cancellation totally obliterates the stamp because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it gets downgraded for a lack of, for a loss of, of uh, visual attractiveness.
2: Well, going th- let's go through the economics real quick of grading because you brought up grading. And again, this is why a lot of people submit stamps to PSE not necessarily what they, well, not at all what they uh, submit to APS because APS doesn't do grading, but to a lesser amount, uh, PF, I'm sure PSAG probably gets, like we do, about half the stamps for grade. But right now, three-cent commemoratives are incredibly popular because they're common, but they're not common in high grade. It's, It's sort of like diamonds diamonds are incredibly common you can go down to an industrial supply store and get diamond drill bits for you know five bucks but those diamonds on them are cheap and black and black and yeah they're not clear and so um that's the same thing with stamps you can get really super cheap junky diamonds or you can get the hope diamond you know you can get a d flawless diamond and the difference in price is incredible well it's the same thing with three cent commemoratives a three cent commemorative you can it's hard to get three cent commemoratives for less than face now but let's say you're spending three to five cents for a three cent commemorative stamp and it's really nice and it comes back as a grade 98. so all of a sudden is a grade 98 it costs you $15 for the cert. And the stamp that you paid a nickel for is now worth $45 to $50. So you've made $30, bucks, 29 dollars 95 off it. Well, if you submit two other stamps, they get garbage certs, you've lost all your money. You you have now made nothing. you broke even. PSE has made the money or PSAG has made the money, but you made nothing. So when you're doing these three-cent commemoratives, you got to really, really check the condition. What what else can uh, people do to uh, save themselves on certification?
3: Can can I make a comment here? Uh, The average collector... When they think of graded stamps, you look in the Scott catalog, which is now doesn't have it, but you know the grading scale, and you see the centering. And although in the printed thing it will talk about condition, that's not what you see. No, so sure. when you see the stamp, you're looking at the margins thinking, okay, that's good, but you have to understand how much condition knocks that down. And so, even the tiniest little pulled
1: per or tear will knock it down a grade. So I think not lying to yourself is really an important yeah, thing.
3: Yeah.
1: A lot of people, I think, submit things because they're uh, they're very excited to do it and they haven't done it before and they think, oh, I'm going to get a stamp that 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 I'm going to that I can make a couple hundred dollars on, and so they submit it. It's uh, For those of us who do it all the time, we're much more, we try to be much more realistic about it.
2: Well, Alia in uh, the Ukraine, shout out to you if you're listening. I know you're not a listener. But uh, she wrote and she said, you know, I have a lot of U.S. stamps. What should I be looking for? And I wrote her back and I said, you're in the Ukraine. You're in the middle of a war. You should be looking for all your junk mail. The junk mail that you are getting is going to be worth a hundred times more than any U.S. stamp you can possibly find in your U.S. collection.
1: Any military mail, soldier's mail, is going to be valuable eventually, especially if it's paying odd rates. Any commercial mail, which addresses the war in any
2: way. I mean, if you got you know, your uh, your discount coupon for uh, the window repair company because you have bullet holes. And, you know, I'm not sure if they do that or not, but, you know, repairing war damage to your windows, that's going to be worth five or 10 bucks and it costs you nothing. And you can go to your neighbors, you know, go to 10 neighbors and you'll get 10 of them. You know, that stuff that's very valuable. Why are you looking in the U.S. collection when you can look in your your yours and your neighbor's garbage cans for junk mail so you know that's a thing
3: letters in and out of the war zone yeah 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 you know foreign letters coming in
2: and a good and again uh good luck to you i hope you're safe uh i know you're someplace in a not great area she told me where she was but I don't know the map of the Ukraine at all, so uh, I'm not sure. But she's in the Ukrainian part of the Ukraine, not the Russian part of the Ukraine. So, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's not a good place to be. So
3: be safe.
2: Be safe. Um, what else? Uh, how about fake stamps? Because oh, how about misidentified? You know, you were bringing up uh, wanting to make a couple hundred dollars. These are people who want to make a couple hundred thousand dollars and they'll send in a one cent Franklin thinking that it's a 596, you know, sale price between 45,000 and And 125,000.
3: I always consider you're never going to find one of those, so it can't be
1: what you think it is. As far as I know, I don't think the number of 596s has gone up one in all the in the last five years of this or 10 years of this yeah i was going cap, to say more that like that ten cap, or 20 yeah there have been there have been a number of 594s that have been found yeah. but not 596s
2: there's 45 of them i believe known right now lower than 45 15 15 yeah. oh okay so i'm way off So 15 of them and zero...
1: There's about, there's about, now there's about 220 copies of 594 that have been authenticated.
2: I know a person who found one, yeah. But the, uh, you know, the people go on the internet and they see a one-cent Green Franklin stamp that they printed 3.2 billion of them. 3.2 billion. And they go, wow, I've got one. And it's like, well, you. I'm kind of shocked that you don't have more than one. <laughs> Three point <laughs> two billion. Every person in the United States, mm, ignoring the fact that you know a bunch of them were like thrown in the trash or something, but potentially every person in the United States can have ten. Yep. So, uh, but we get these all the time, and that goes to the one you know. Be honest with yourself. You know they because they measure it, and they go. This measures as a rotary press stamp. They go, "Yes, but you are not a stamp collector, she, so you don't understand that the side the top, or, well, no, I'm sorry, the sides, sides are perf 10 and a half instead of perf 11." And that totally misses everybody, nobody understands what perf gauge is. And they go perf 10 and a half to 11, you have half a whole too many. <laughs> First, you have the common the, one. Yeah, so you have the common one.
1: Now, one of the things we have today on the desk is we have, well, uh, uh, sometimes to expertise a stamp that you have, uh, there are people that actually put together complete platings of uh, stamps. So we have um, um, complete plating of plate of uh, Scott number 11. Um, 11A, f- actually. Uh, adds, um, and it's... Uh, I, I know the person who put this together. Plate one, two, plate one, two, and three plate, and uh, um, it's it's a real pleasure to see because they're very hard. It's it's uh, usually it's a lifetime of work to do that.
2: Well, it's a lifetime of work because you keep replacing the stamps with nicer ones.
1: And also, you want nicer examples of the particular varieties. Yes. You were talking about the three rows. Why do not you tell our listeners what the three rows are?
2: Well, when they were doing these stamps, again, this is pre-perforation, so these are imperforated stamps. They didn't care so much about the sides of the stamps because they didn't have to fit perforations at that time. But they did want it to look nice. So when they were laying out the plates... The left pane of the third plate that they did, they got the spacing wrong. And so it looked like there was a big space between one of the rows and then the other row. There wasn't much of a space at all. So to fill in that gap, they just added frame lines. So, you know, everything had like an inner frame line and then an outer frame line. And they they said, "Uh, you know something... uh, there's not enough room for an outer frame line, we're just going to keep the inner frame line. So all of a sudden, you don't have an outer frame line on one side. They go, yeah, but what about the other side? You go, well, the other side is big and huge, let's add some extra frame lines. So then, you know, you have two or three frame lines on the other side to fill up the gaps. And this is a popular one because these are, except for the couple of the positions, they're easy to identify. And it's fun to put them together. And so that's what the three rows are. They're three, and it's actually three columns, not three rows, but, you know, they call them three rows. Third column? The third column, yeah, there you go. And so there's three columns of the stamps where they added these extra weird frame lines or left frame lines out. And it's easier to plate these. Um, plating is sort of like when when they did these, they recut them all by hand. So each stamp is sort of like a fingerprint. Each one has s- subtle differences that if you're an expert you can pick out, you know, where the position dots are. And this frame line is a little bent and that frame line is a little bent and they recut up here in this corner and they recut down there in that corner. So there's a bunch of little artistic things that they added to improve the quality and these were all done by hand so no two are the
1: same. So we use we use that method for expertizing the 1 cent 1851 to 57 issue, actually 1851 to 61 issue. Yep. as well as uh, we may be in, uh, as in stamps in other countries, sometimes a stamp was only printed with a plate that only had 10 subjects but we to authenticate for instance Hawaiian missionaries Um, you have to plate them.
2: Yes. Or the Hawaiian numerals, especially because they've been widely counterfeited. So if you plate it and it doesn't show up, uh, I was doing this with uh, the early issues of Switzerland. Swiss stamps were counterfeited, uh, you know, for collectors, not, not for postage, you know, they were done to deceive the collectors. And on them... They had, like, the frame lines, and they just filled them all in with squiggles. They just made squiggles in the frames. Well, they were all done by hand, so all the squiggles, you know, are different. So you can plate the stamp by figuring out what squiggles, you know, match up with the plate. And if the squiggles don't match up with any of the positions, then you know it wasn't done by the post office. You, it was done by a faker. And so then you know it's fake. So on Swiss stamps, knowing the position tells you whether it's real or not. Same thing with Hawaiian numerals. Knowing the position tells you it's real. If it doesn't plate, it's not real.
1: Yes, but if it does plate, it doesn't mean that, it, it, that they're all real because there are some clever fakes. For instance, uh, Sporati made some genuine uh made some genuine fakes out of uh, by photoing the genuine the authentic stamps and then making uh, photo reproductions of lithographic photo reproductions. And so if you
2: find a Sparati are you a winner or a loser?
1: Yeah, depending on what it is, you most of the time you're a winner.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the fakes are actually more popular than the real stamps. So, it, it, Then, you know, we have some British listeners and uh, people over in Britain go, ah, plating is simple. You just look at the letters in the corners. (laughs) And uh, that's true. They, They put the letters so that you can tell what position the stamp came in. That is very important because sometimes you can't identify, like because the cancel covers it or something, it'll have the plate number and you can't see the plate number. So, you can confirm it by other ways, or you can't see the watermark, which is also occurs. And so, you look at the plate and you can determine by plate what stamp it is without having to double check the watermark.
1: Now, we don't. Now, one of the other things that's um, a big problem in uh, authentic, uh, authenticating things is authenticating early covers.
2: No, Jim, this is up yours. Yeah. You, you, you tell us about uh, authenticating covers. And, uh, well, again, tell us how to avoid making mistakes, submitting something to get a certificate.
3: Well, probably the most common thing that we, we would see is stamps added. And the stamps are legitimate. But the cancel is either faked or was the stamps weren't original to the cover, so that's the first thing you have to look for: is what does that look like um, under a microscope and so forth, and is it plausible? If it's tied, if it's not tied, it's harder to tell. But there, are, um, you can tell in this early in the early issues, post offices used. A CDS to put the date on it, but then they used the killer to uh, hit the stamp. Um, I can't remember exactly what was the date, Albert, where they changed from using the CDS to cancel the cover or the stamp. Probably the 1850s sometime. I couldn't tell you exactly. Yeah.
1: But anyway. Different towns, different ta- or bigger towns, you. did it it earlier than smaller towns yeah a lot of small towns didn't have cancels, so a lot of the covers the stamps are pen canceled so if you have if you have that
3: kind of a thing either a pen cancel or a socked on the nose uh stamp on a cover then you have to look at other things uh to determine for example is the rate correct um is the stamp usage correct i mean we, we do see the the wrong stamp used in the wrong era, things like that, that are added to a cover. Yeah, but uh, this
2: takes expertise. What's something that you know a person who?
3: Well, I don't. It, it does. It takes expertise to know those rates, but doesn't take expertise to tell whether the stamp is tied or not. Yeah, it's either tied or it isn't, and it can be tied with a manuscript mark, but there. That doesn't. That's not a hundred percent sure. Even if it looks good, because it may be different inks, and that might only show up under ultraviolet. Well, so, but that's that's the basic thing on covers, is um, the rate correct? Is the stamp tied? And a uh, cover collectors. Sometimes we collect it for the postmark. Not so much worried about. The stamp, so you know, like if you're collecting a rare postmark or a, a fancy cancel, um, you may not be as worried about those kinds of things. Um, what else, Albert?
1: I think that uh, I think that one of the, one of the real cheap ways you can help yourself out in both stamps and both stamps and covers is. Uh, by going to a by going to um, a place like Amazon or going to some some place that sells a small small high um, a small ultraviolet light that you can use and you can uh, expose it to stamps and a lot of times you can see if it's had cancellations removed or if it had a manuscript cancellation somebody's taken off and you can actually see if uh, if um, you can you have a better idea if, wait to see if the the stamp's been um, possibly added or removed from a cover
3: yeah the, the um i was thinking I, I bought some covers in an auction uh last year and the um they were express labels and when we put them under ultraviolet and in the bcs they they glowed around the stamp which is a sign of glue or some other foreign agent right so i had to do a little investigation how were these things applied to envelopes and we ended up certifying these um and i'm getting a certificate on it as genuine use because that was the way they actually did apply them in other words they were not glued the labels themselves weren't glued so they had to be glued on the envelope when it was mm. sent out so but that kind of thing immediately caused it to be suspicious because in a, on a regular cover a little bit later era where the stamps are glued or the labels are glued, that would be a sign of having it been added. So I think you're right about the, the uh, UV light. Yeah, UV
2: lights are cheap if they're long-wave. So it, it's a definite little tool that you can spend way less than $10. I bet you can get them for like five bucks. And, uh, shining it on the stamp will expose some issues, which again, tell you, you know, you should be dumping this stamp out of your collection or, you know, not sending in f- in for the cert because, you know, us telling you something that you can find out yourself for $5, All right. we charge more than five bucks. You don't want you don't want to give us that money. You want to use it yourself.
3: Cautionary note. Um doesn't show tagging yeah that's true you have to use shortwave for tagging yep but yeah it it will show some of the and it's also a handy thing to have around uh henderson here because it helps you find scorpions at night they glow they glow in the ultraviolet
2: yeah i want to put a bulb in my uh lamp to show off all my posters in my room too there you go yeah that works I've I've got the uh, the ratfink uh, that glows in the dark, and I haven't been able to find a black white l- lamp for it, so I need to. Uh, it, it's just a ratfink sitting there, and
3: <laughs> I need them glowing. Well, you'll you'll find any scorpions in the house too. Oh, yeah, side eye. Well, anything else
0: other than scorpions? We got Sacramento next week.
2: That's it. Yeah, we'll we'll see you at the APS show. Let's see next week. We're leaving on Wednesday, so this podcast will be going up on the day before I leave for Sacramento. I'm going to put this up on Tuesday, uh, the week before Sacramento. So if you're listening to this, I'm probably on the road.
3: And when we get back, we will report on the show. Oh, absolutely. Well, hope to see you all at the APS show. Have a nice day. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120.
2: You left out the word glorious. Fabulous.
3: (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter.
2: Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah.
3: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come. Go. If this Silkom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven,
0: still doing this show. See you some other time.
2: Yeah! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.